You're listening to the Eastside Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This sermon was recently preached at our church. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com. Now, enjoy today's sermon. Again, as a follow-up to last week, uh, the, the text that we're looking at tonight is Proverbs 17, verse 22. And uh, it's, it's a very simple verse here, but one I think that we would do well to remember, especially this time of year, Proverbs 17, 22. It says, A merry heart doeth good like a medicine, but a broken spirit drieth the bones. A merry heart doeth good like a medicine, but a broken spirit drieth the bones. And and we, we started off last week uh, telling a, a story about uh, a lady who had posted a video uh, that has since gone viral, and many have seen it, uh, how she had accidentally, she walked out and, and saw a stranger washing her car's window and her windshield, and, and she was so over, overcome with gratitude, she, had, she just walked right up to him and gave him a big hug and was saying, thank you, this is my favorite time of year, and this is the reason I love Christmas, only to look down and realize that he was washing his own car's windshield. She didn't realize that, uh, that it wasn't her car, and so she posted a video, and, and, I, and I started just with the thought that it's good for us to be happy. It's good for us to, be, to, to have laughter. It's good for us uh, to have a merry heart. And uh, I, just last night, we had all the young people over to our house. And I'm telling you, there's a lot of laughter. We had about 25 young people, and, and uh, there were a lot of fun uh, moments. Uh, probably the funnest or the most fun moment was uh, they, they had to build a nativity scene out of Play-Doh. And, and I just sat back, and each of them got about four containers of Play-Doh, and, and I just sat back and listened to them interact with each other. And I'm telling you, as a dad, and especially as a pastor, there are a few things that bring me more joy than just hearing the interaction of God's people. I don't know what it does. It just, it enjoy, I, I enjoy it so much. It's good, clean fun. The young people were getting involved and, and they would try to make something and it would look, who knows what they were making. Maybe, I didn't know there were aliens at, at the stable. So that's interesting. Things like that. We just had a good time. And you know what? It's okay to have a good time. And it's good for God's people to have a good time together. Uh, this last week, I was at Lowe's, and we were, my wife and I were there. We were buying something, and, and I heard one man tell the other one after purchasing something. Uh, the, it went something like this. The clerk said, Merry Christmas. And the other guy said, Merry Christmas, and then walked out the door. And, you know, I just took note of that. I was thinking, there's nothing merry about Merry Christmas. Like if Eeyore was telling you Merry Christmas, it was about what it was like. You know, the truth is, this time of year is usually, it should be a merry time, but it's also a tough time for some people. And I'm not going to get into all of those reasons. I think we all understand why this time of year can be difficult, especially if you've suffered loss. You've lost people that you love, or, or you've dealt with some trials, you've dealt with some hardships and heartaches, and, and what should be a merry Christmas, really for many people, is just merry Christmas. You know, it's not merry at all. Just look around. It seems like being merry is what people are saying, but it's not an accurate assessment of their condition at all. And last week we talked about the importance of choosing to have a merry heart, and I hope that you understand or heard what I said, that we do choose to have a merry heart. 
Uh, To be merry means to be cheerful. It means to laugh. It means to be content with what you have and to enjoy life rather than endure life. But I think a lot of people are enduring life more than they're enjoying life. Um, But we make a choice. The benefits of a merry heart are are scientifically proven. We went through a, a lot of things like that last week just to prove the benefits of having a merry or positive outlook uh, on your life and on your health. Uh, our emotions have an effect on our hearts. I don't have to prove that to you. And um, just the, when you get nervous, your face, you, your face turns red when you get, or your palms get sweaty. If you get scared, the hairs on your arm or the back of your neck stand up. Your, your face gets flushed. Uh, our emotions have an impact uh, on us, on our, on our health. And, and I've, I read a statistic that says 75 to 90 percent of all doctor visits now are stress-related. And so stress, our emotions, it's affecting our health. Uh, we ought to choose to be merry for, for many reasons, but last week we looked at we ought to choose to be merry because it helps us like medicine. It's beneficial. When we don't have it, we, the, opt, the, uh, the contrasting um, characteristic is to have a, a, a spirit that dries the bones. And so when we don't have a merry heart... It hurts our health. And then the third point last week was that it's a reflection of our faith. If you, I mean, not, you shouldn't just do it because of the health benefits. You should also have a merry heart because you have a relationship with God. If anybody should be merry, if anybody should have a merry heart, if anybody should be happy or content, it should be God's people. And yet there are two categories of happiness in this world. It's the world's and God's. And you look around and, and the world would make you think that they're having a grand time. They would make you think that everything they're doing is lots of fun. And if you would just get involved in this, that you would have all the fun that we're having and you can have it. It's fun that lasts. But last week we saw Proverbs 13, 14 verse 13 that says, Even in laughter the heart, the, the heart is sorrowful and the end of that mirth is heaviness. And the context of that basically was spiritual problems when you have spiritual problems and you're trying to do things your own way, I believe the verse right before that, Proverbs 14, 12, is, is there's a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. The very next verse, even in laughter, the heart is sorrowful. So the world's version of fun doesn't lead them to joy. The world's version of, version of fun actually leads to sorrow. At the end of that mirth is heaviness. And we read, and I referenced last week, the prodigal son and all of his friends. You know, they went and they made merry. They had a great time. And the world looks to that as being happy and that as being fulfilling. But really, it's just a diversion from the weight of sin. And maybe some in here have been there. And what you were doing that others perceived as being fun was really your way of simply masking the weight of sin in your life. And Charles Bridges, who wrote a commentary on Proverbs, he summed up the world's happiness with this thought. He said, it is far easier to drown conviction than to escape damnation. It is far easier to drown conviction than to escape damnation. And honestly, every person is looking uh, for the escape of the guilty conscience from sin... And whether or not they admit it, there's a guilty conscience that God places within each of us. And rather than try to figure out how to deal with that damnation, that guilty conscience before God, they they find it far easier to drown their conviction. And maybe some in here have done that very thing. 
You know, many have the weight of sin on their lives, but they can't hide from God. He sees it. So they drown their sorrows with temporary happiness, but, but God's happiness is real. If you want true happiness, you can only find it. It's very similar to the contentment messages we've been looking at on Sunday mornings. The only place to have true satisfaction and find true happiness and contentment is in Jesus Christ. You, you'll never find it anywhere else. You know, while the world uses merriment as a diversion to forget their condition, a Christian's merry heart is based not on what he forgets, but on what he remembers. Let me say that again. While the world uses merriment as a diversion to forget their condition, a Christian's merry heart is not based on what he forgets, but, but on what he remembers. Our, our joy is rooted in remembering our position and future in Christ. I mean, no matter the circumstance, no matter what's weighing you down, no matter what's, what's driving you to the brink of sorrow, remember, if you're a child of God, you have some good things to remember in the midst of it. You can remember God's goodness. You can remember God's goodness. And I know sometimes it's hard to see His goodness through our circumstances, but we know that God is good, even if we don't see it in the moment. We know it. I, I was reading 2 Chronicles 7.10, and it was, this is after the dedication of the temple, and, and Israel was full of joy. They just built the temple. I can't imagine what Solomon's temple looked like. I would have loved to have seen Solomon's temple. So after the temple is done and everyone's full of joy, the Bible says that Solomon sent them away, and they were glad and, and merry in heart for the goodness that the Lord had showed unto David and to Solomon and to Israel, his people. When, when you are looking for happiness in God, stop, don't start, stop forgetting um, your sorrows and start remembering God's goodness. Remembering, just remember how good he's been to you. And it, it, it doesn't take long. I know sometimes we get to the place where all we can see are the trials and all we can see are the hardships. But it doesn't take long if you're being truly honest and have real perspective. It doesn't take, take long if you're a child of God to recognize God's goodness in your life. So stop trying to forget and start remembering. Remember God's goodness and then remember God's faithfulness. 2 Timothy 2.13 is one of my favorite verses in the Bible. It says, if we believe not, yet he abideth faithful, he cannot deny himself. I mean, let me say that verse again. If we believe not, yet he abideth faithful, he cannot deny himself. You know, God's characteristic is such that he is so faithful that he couldn't, even if he wanted to not be faithful, he could not be unfaithful. That's his character. He is faithful to us, and that should give you a merry heart, a content heart in God. Hebrews 13, 5 says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. If all else fails, folks, at least God is faithful. And no one else may be faithful to you. You may lose all of your friends. You may lose all of those that claim to be on your side. You may even lose a spouse. You may lose somebody that you thought was with you. But if all else fails and no one else is faithful, you have a faithful father who will always be by your side. At least you know you'll never be alone. Be thankful for, remember God's faithfulness. So remember his goodness, remember his faithfulness, and then remember that true joy is not dependent on possessions and circumstances. Remember that true joy is not dependent on possessions 
and circumstances. You talk about, and again, we, this is referring in many ways to the Sunday morning series, but uh, we look around and we think that we must have what they have if we're going to be happy. We've got to have what they have if we're going to be content. But some of the most miserable people, you know this, some of the most miserable people that you, or, you and I have ever met or witnessed uh, in, in, in the uh, celebrity uh, the world of celebrities, the celebrity realm. I mean, some of the most miserable people on earth are, are celebrities. I mean, they have everything they could ever dream of. I mean, they're, they're going to spend Christmas on a yacht somewhere. And yet, uh, the, the amount of, of substance abuse, the, the, the amount of unfaithfulness, I mean, swapping partners and and leaving a spouse to find a new one, what it does, it should tell us that contentment is not found in what you have, or else the people that have the most would be the most content, and that is not true. And at the same time, you could go to a third world country and find a child of God, uh, someone who, who knows God and is serving God, and yet lives on a dirt floor in a hut somewhere, and they are fully content because they are once again proving the principle that it's not in what you have, it's in who you know. Ecclesiastes 9.7 says, Go thy way, eat thy bread with joy, and drink thy wine with a merry heart, for God now accepteth thy works. And what that verse is saying in Ecclesiastes is, you can go your way, you can be happy, you can eat bread with joy, you can have a merry heart, because God accepts your works. And so what he's saying is that for you to be right with God gives you everything that you need to be happy. And maybe we should stop looking at getting more and building our portfolios and, cha- and trading up in some area or having our circumstances change and just stop and get right with God. If, we, if more people would be right with God, there'd be a lot more merry hearts with real merry Christmases being said around the world. No, there's no feeling as secure and full of joy as knowing you're right with God, that there's nothing between the two of you. So the question tonight is, is your heart merry? Is it merry? Is it happy? Is it content? Is, is it full of joy? If it's not, uh, it's a reflection, not of your circumstances. It's not a reflection of your situation. If you don't have a merry heart, according to the scriptures, then you're, that is a reflection of your faith in Christ. It, it is the same as telling God. If your heart is not merry and you are not content with him alone, that is the same as telling him that his provision is not enough for you. And that's a serious indictment, folks. For us to not have a merry heart and be content with what God has provided is to say we're not content with him alone, that we don't trust him to be what we need in the circumstances we're facing. My wife and I will talk about the news sometimes and I don't like to talk about the news because I find it extremely depressing, especially right now. I mean, there's so much turmoil uh, in the people that are supposed to be leading our country. And you, I can't hardly turn it on and, and I can hardly take the gloom of the news on top of everything else. You know, there's enough to be weighed down with in our world, isn't there? There's a lot to be weighed down with. There's a lot to be burdened with. There's, there's enough to be weighed down about in this culture that we don't need, that you don't need the added heaviness of not being right with God on top of it. 
There's enough to, to just make you upset and, and gloomy and unhappy. There are enough external negatives out there that we can't control. So why don't you decide as a child of God that you can make the choice that allows you to maintain a happy heart. And that is no matter what's happening out there. As God's children who have eternity settled and a father who is good and a father who is faithful and a father who forgives us and wants our best, then we're just going to decide we're going to be merry. We're going to choose to rest in our relationship with God. Is the condition of your heart, is it helping or hurting your joy? We have to believe what the Bible says, that a merry heart is like medicine. It benefits you, but you know, it doesn't just benefit you, it benefits those around you. What kind of medicine do others get when they're in your presence? Have you ever been around someone who brings you down just by being around them? And I already referenced Eeyore, but I, you know, I, Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> could be worse. Not sure how, but it could be. I mean, you've heard Eeyore before. You know, you've been around people like that. It seems like the only medicine they're giving out is a sedative. You know, they're just making you unhappy about everything just by being around them. But listen, we can be that way. And on the flip side, have you ever been around somebody who just makes you feel better by spending time with them because of their outlook on life? I mean, they have a contagious laugh. I mean, sometimes people that have a contagious laugh, I just like to be around them. And I'm not, it's not technically making fun of them, I guess, if they have a contagious or funny laugh. I just enjoy to hear some people laugh. I, I enjoy being around people that are quick to laugh. Are you quick to smile? Are you quick to laugh? It's like medicine. And you might say, well, it's not my personality. I'm just not naturally a cheerful cheerful person. Well, this isn't about personality. Joy is the fruit that that should be evident in every child of God. And if you're saved, you have something to be joyful about. Your outlook should be merry if your sins are forgiven. If you had no other gift and you had no other possession on earth, but your sins are forgiven and you serve a father that's good and faithful, then you can be married. Say, well, but you don't know about my circumstances. And it's true, I don't. There are plenty of situations that make this hard. There are situations with health and situations with, with tough finances and situations with a relationship with somebody else. And those things are valid. We can't control everything But just because those things are valid doesn't discount the truth that you can control one thing. You can control your outlook. You can control your response to tough circumstances. You can choose, rather than uh, forgetting all the the cares and try to drown them out, you can choose to remember those three things that we talked about. That you can remember God's goodness, you can remember His faithfulness, and you can remember that if you have God... You have everything you need to be content. And I hope tonight that as we strive at Christmas time to be merry, that it wouldn't just be something that we say. That we would say it more than Merry Christmas. We would say Merry Christmas. Not because it's a tradition, but because God has made us merry internally. That we have a merry heart. And I hope that describes you tonight. And if it doesn't, you have a choice to make. It's your choice. You choose your response in every situation. And I hope that you'll take seriously God, this, this challenge that a merry heart doeth good like medicine. And you can make that choice in your own life. Let's pray.
We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com.